82 episodes later, Chad, and here we are for yet another episode of Across the Pond. It's it's one of those podcasts, Chad, that, that really benefits from these two different experiences across this ginormous pond of ours. And at the moment, it's like boiling hot where you are in the UK yep. and freezing cold here in South Africa. We're in the minuses, which is unheard of for South Africa. And you Crazy. guys are above 30, I believe. What's going on that side? <laughs> Yeah, just insane. It's been regularly 28 degrees, like you say, 30 degrees on some occasions. Uh, it's been been quite the amazing week from weather. I would have thought by escaping Madeira, um, you know, I'd, I'd arrive here and, and not have such a great situation. But obviously, it, it's summer, Barry, so, uh, you know, summer's actually showing up for a change in London. Um, normally, you know, you get a couple of days uh, within your full summer season. Um, but if we can get, you know, if we can get a week or two weeks, three weeks, uh, we, we're not going to say no. We're definitely not going to say no. You on the kind of negative two today, I believe. Yeah, I think today was the coldest day of the year so far. So I've been huddling under a heat under a blanket next to the heater over the whole day, Chad. I haven't gone outside much. We went outside to the park for a little walk, and I froze my hands and everything off. <laughs> so it, it's been quite cold this side, but I know when I talk to my Northern Hemisphere friends, they always be like, oh, it's Africa, man. Your cold is nothing. And I, I get that. But for us, it's cold, yeah. Chad. For us, it's cold. I wanted to ask you, another one of my friends in London told me that she thinks that 30 degrees in London feels hotter than 30 degrees in Joburg. Is that true? Undoubtedly, yes. Um, it's it's the humidity, dude. It's so humid here. Uh, whereas, you know, in SA, it's, it's kind of that dry heat, I guess, depending on where you are. I mean, you know, if you were in Durban uh, and experienced that, that 30 degrees, how would, how, how would that be like, Barry? Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. The humidity does make a make it a little <laughs> tougher to kind of keep comfortable and whatnot. Um, but at least you guys have got the right like infrastructure to control temperatures and stuff with with heaters yep. and aircons and stuff. I'm assuming. Whereas here we just kind of live by the seat of our pants, Chad, and we get the we get the blanket out, or we get the we get the trying to open the windows to get some fresh air in. So it's always good fun. Always good fun. Well, for those of you who are tuned in live, really sorry we we're thirty minutes late later than we originally wanted to, you know, go live. Um, and it it grates me, Barry, to pay for a sort of internet connection that that's high speed, um, and then and then have my MacBook just decide to not receive that speed. My iPad receiving it, iPhone receiving it, just the MacBook was just just refusing um so we we've got a backup internet connection today just to to get us live on the air because we, we can't skip our episode right no definitely not and it's one of those things where we've been tearing our hair out for the last couple of minutes and we're yep. going to try and take a nice calm deep breath because we've got so much cool stuff to chat about and chad hopefully this thing holds up for the whole conversation but if you're listening to this right <laughs> now it did and so that's awesome um but we we we, we got lots of stuff to chat about so chad should we dig into the week that was Let's start. The week that was. The week that was. Um, yeah, this week, like I said, travel back from Madeira. So, so that was always good. Uh, just been kind of unpacking the bags, getting the clothes back, washing, all that kind of stuff, Barry, all the admin, getting that all sorted out. And there's, there's a never-ending list of admin to do. Um, it, it just never stops. But obviously, the world keeps on turning and things keep on happening in the background. Um, so, you know, a couple of things we wanted to, to chat about uh, with you guys today. Uh, obviously, you know, Monday, the beginning of this week, uh, the 19th, was Freedom Day here in the UK. 
Um, and, and obviously, I've seen many a meme and uh, sketch from a cartoonist <laughs> uh, about what Freedom Day actually is and what it all entails. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not quite Freedom Day, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty close, um, you know, and, and I guess depending on who you speak to, um, it's either a very irresponsible, reckless move or it's, you know, not... Uh, you know, you're not free enough. Um, so, you know, it, it really is interesting uh, because it does seem to be polarizing the, the population, um, you know, how, how we're handling this. And uh, I guess only time will tell whether it's the right decision or not. Um, but essentially, Barry, marks, masks no longer legally mandatory. Um, so, you know, a lot of shops are still enforcing it. Uh, some shops say, well, you know, we, we'd, we'd like it if you wore one, um, but if, if you can't, you know, it, it's fine. Um, but, but I did walk into a shop today without one, um, and, you know, the shopkeeper wasn't wearing one. None, none of the, you know, none, none of the other, pass, you know, none of the other people in the shop uh, were, were, wearing, uh, were wearing a mask. Um, and so that was, yeah, quite an interesting experience, to be completely honest. Really quite an interesting experience. And, and obviously, you know, I've yet to go and see, you know, some theater or, or, or experience any of these kind of big gatherings gatherings yet um but obviously been watching on the news and stuff and 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 people are, are quite pleased to, to have that that little bit of freedom uh back but but what is quite ironic barry is as this happens uh what you have and you and i had a bit of a back and forth um where you've got this nhs track and trace app that essentially has kind of a bluetooth feature uh, and it, it's constantly monitoring who you, you know, walking by or, or who you're coming into, into contact with. Uh, it also has a QR code feature where you scan into various venues as you come in and out. Um, but, you know, obviously, uh, a whole bunch of politicians have had this app and have had it enabled. Um, and, it, you know, it started off with the health secretary, uh, Sajid Javid, you know, testing positive for COVID. So he tests positive for COVID, uh, you know, just, I think just, just the day before um, Freedom Day was about to, uh, about to happen. Uh, and, and as a result, you know, Boris, Boris was told, well, he needs to, he needs to isolate. And um, he decided initially not to. Um, and, and that changed very quickly, Barry. I sent you, it was probably about <laughs> an hour and a half later where there was a mass public outcry um, and uh, and very quickly, Boris realized uh, that it was within his best interest uh, to go into isolation. So now what you have is you've got Boris, uh, Boris Johnson, obviously the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, uh, the Chancellor. Uh, you've even got the head of the opposition party, the Labour Party, Keir Starmer. Uh, all of these people, including uh, the Health Secretary, all self-isolating uh, in what some are calling ping-demic. Uh, being the ping of your phone <laughs> to tell you to isolate. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite something to watch. Chad, if you were writing this as a movie, this is what you would script, right? This is the sort of timing that you would script. At the moment yep. that the UK are trying to get rid of the shackles, all of their top politicians uh, get those those dreaded pings, like you say. And it, it, it raises such an interesting discussion. Like we've chatted before about how the British media has such power and they really are like rabid dogs sometimes when it comes to these sorts of topics. And the fact that it turned around as quickly as it did, Chad, we had a good chuckle on WhatsApp uh, talking about how quickly he changed his tune there. 
and it's a reminder that this thing's not over, right? And uh, the, the yeah. pandemic is still with us. And especially as, as the UK opens up completely, you're going to get a lot more of those pings, Chad, because there's still lots of cases in the country. Even though the hospitalization, hospitalizations and deaths and stuff have gone down, I, I saw a stat a, a couple of days ago that you guys had 50,000 new cases in a day, which is, yep. which is a big number. And so those pings are going to be everywhere, Chad. And the question is, what do they mean and what do you do about them, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the question. Um, and, you know, certainly I think they're looking at at the rules. Obviously, now that the politicians have been affected themselves, uh, they're obviously a lot more interested in, in those rules. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I believe, you know, from uh, from sort of mid-August, uh, those who have had two jabs um, who have come into contact with a, a positive COVID uh, person don't have to isolate. So, you know, does that change what the, what the pinging does? Um, or, you know, do the NHS, uh, well, does the government realize that this app isn't quite as ready as they maybe thought it was? Because obviously there's an, there's an algorithm here, Barry, uh, that scans how close you were to that person, ultimately, uh, and how long you were in contact with them. And it then decides whether you need to isolate or not. Uh, the, obviously, uh, you know, the next question is whether you can go and get a test and kind of, uh, you know, if, avoid the need to, to isolate if you're actually tested and, and show a, a negative result, um, which, which I think is logical and, and I think makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're going to have to figure out these kind of nitty-gritty details as we go forward because... As we've chatted about multiple times in the past, you're never going to get to a stage where there are no pings, right? This thing is yep. with us for a, for a long time. You've got to try and decide what is the kind of the risk you're willing to take versus the precautions you've put in place. And so far, the, va the vaccinations have looked really, really promising. The numbers with vaccinations yep. have, have been su superb across the board. And so it's this, it's this continuous back and forth between desperately wanting to go back to normal, but are we, do we still want to have some caution? Do we still want to have some things in place to kind of control things? It's really difficult to say. With every new variant that comes out, we're going to have this discussion again and again and again, Chad. So at the moment, it's yeah. about the Delta variants. But for the next couple of years, every single new variant, we're going to have to, have to start talking again about masks and about uh, track and trace and about vaccines and all those good things. Um, and so, yeah, every, even on Freedom Day, Chad, where it feels like you could finally put it behind you, these discussions are still front and center. Yeah. And it's kind of, kind of crazy to think that 18 months later, Chad, we're still talking about this virus on this podcast, right? I mean, we've talked about COVID on basically every show from the very beginning because of our biggest story it's been. And it continues to dominate the headlines, continues to dominate kind of the discussions around the world. And uh, yeah, it's... It's crazy. I don't think we realize how crazy it's actually been. I think we're yeah. going to look back on this time. And uh, this virus has taken two to three to four. It's going to take two to three to four years of our lives, Chad, which is a very, very crazy thing to say. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, I mean, I hope it is only that, Barry. Uh, I mean, this could go on for for, for a lot longer, but we, we, we don't know at the, at the moment. And, you, and you're so right. I mean, even just meeting up with some people that I haven't seen in, in some time, uh, it's naturally the thing that everyone talks about. It's, it's the thing to talk about that you, you, you don't really have much else to talk about. It's talking about travel rules, you know, how you've coped in lockdown, all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, from, from some point of view, it, it gets exhausting continually talking about COVID. It really does. Uh, and so if you come to across the pond and you really don't want to hear about it, I'm sorry, we, 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 we get it. Uh, and on that note, we'll kind of swiftly move on. But, but keep slightly on topic um, because the Olympics, Barry, uh, the Olympics have started 
They have, Chad. And uh, quite quite to the surprise of a lot of us, a lot of us thought this thing was going to be cancelled. It's kind of been yep. in the air for a long, long time. Tokyo has gone into complete like maniac. Just trying to figure out how do you put on an event like this? How do you bring thousands of people from all around the world together and try and have a safe event? It's absolutely crazy. And of course, as would be expected, we started hearing about the first couple of athletes testing positive and having kind of yep. issues, including some of the Bafana Bafana guys, Chad, which is a which is not a good thing to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they were kind of among the first. I think that there was uh, some Australian team uh, where there, were, there was a concern, but I, I don't think in the end, I mean, you know, there's been so much movement on this, but I think I think this the SA, uh, there were basically three football players as far as I understand and one on the kind of management team uh, that all tested positive, which which obviously caused, you know, quite a, quite a bit of a concern. Uh, and we obviously know that the, the Olympics are going ahead with uh, with no... Uh, you know, audience um, to, to to kind of watch, uh, you know, watch the events live, um, and naturally, there's been, you know, you always have those kind of athletes' villages uh, where you know the athletes all keep together, and obviously, there's a you know a strong testing regimen and, and all the rest. Uh, but somehow, uh, you know, there already are a couple of uh, people who who have tested positive. So I I just kind of I just hope that they're able to isolate it enough. Um, that the rest of the games continues, um, because what a wonderful um, you know time just to watch the Olympics again and uh, just watching some incredible human feats. Yeah, it's one of my favorite one of my favorite things to watch. And what's cool about it, Chad, is you get to explore sports that you never usually watch, right? In the Olympics, you always find these very niche sports that everyone kind of grabs attention of, and and for a couple of weeks, everyone's pulled into curling or they're pulled into yep. um, high jump or one of these sports that you don't really think about throughout the rest of the the four years. Um, and it's a special celebration of human athletic achievements. I know when I sit and watch the Olympics and I see what these people are, poss- are capable of, it makes you realize how incredible humans actually are. And some of the speeds and some of the feats and some of the things these people can do make us feel a little bit silly as we sit with our boops on the couch watching from afar. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a really special time. I, I hope it continues. I hope it doesn't get canceled at any stage. And I'm looking forward to making the most of Supersport's eight or nine different channels, Chad, and seeing what I can, seeing what I can figure out from this year's Olympics. Amazing. Spoiled for choice there, Barry. I don't even know how I'm going to be able to watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, you rest assured, I will certainly be doing my my best to try and get it up. And of course, we've got some very interesting rugby coming up um, in, well, you know, the next the next day or two. Um, and of course, for the, for the next couple of weeks, we, we've obviously had the first, uh, I think it was the first two games that have been played so far of the, the Lions uh, series, but they've kind of been like warm-ups almost. Uh, the first game against uh, the Johannesburg side, the Lions, uh, which did not go so well. Um, and then <laughs> second game against the South African A team, uh, which which was quite an interesting one. I mean, I was quite quite interested about that, that definition of the A team because there were a lot of Springboks in that side. <laughs> it was a very strong A team, Chad. If that's our A team, I cannot wait to see the team we're going to field on the weekend, um, because there were some huge names in that A team. So yeah, the, the A moniker was a bit deceiving. Um, yep. So we we'll have to wait and see what happens this weekend when we see the real Springboks play the British and Irish Lions. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because both sides haven't had much rugby. Like they've been desperately trying to get a few warm up games in, desperately trying to get some of the rust off. But it's certainly going to be a scrappy game, Chad. I don't think it's going to mm. be the, the the beautiful free flowing 
rugby that we used to see in these sorts of series. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for guys to get back into it. Um, but I, I'm all keen for it. So th- every time you get a chance to watch the Springboks, it's exciting. And yeah. uh, as, as World Cup champions, as defending champions, it's time to take on the Lions and see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we, we can't forget about that, uh, the World, World Cup champions. I mean, I've, I almost forgot about it the other day uh, and very quickly reminded uh, myself of that incredible <laughs> uh, moment, uh, you know, when we, when we took the cup home. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to try and uh, watch the game this weekend and, and the rest of the series. Very, very excited about that. Well, while we're talking about sports, um, you know, all sorts of Olympics and rugby and, and all sorts of other bits and pieces, we've also got um, something else that happened interesting this week, Barry. While we're on sports, we might as well stay there. Uh, the first ever game of 100 cricket. Now, I don't know anything about this, uh, but if there's <laughs> anyone who knows anything about cricket, um, I put it down here expecting that Barry would be able to at least <laughs> fill some stuff in for us. Because uh, this is, you know, this has been kind of hinted, I think, for a couple of years, almost six years, I think. Um, and, you know, there's, there's been a lot of crickets, uh, critics of this uh, new format. Did you watch the game? What do you know about it, Barry? Chats, I'm a little bit embarrassed here because uh, I didn't know about it until today, until I saw it on your, okay. on your list. And then no I had to ways. go and do some research. So... It shows how much of a hermit I've been this past week and that I haven't been following. But I did some research, so I've got some, I've got okay. some information for you. So yeah, it's called 100, 100 Cricket, and the idea is that every match, every inning is 100 balls, which is shorter than your traditional T20, which would be 120 balls per, per, per match, right. per inning, sorry. Um, and the whole idea is that cricket is trying to reinvent itself. It's trying to to kind of get more supporters into the game. Unfortunately, over the years, we've started to see attendance in stadiums go down and down and down as, as the years have gone on. And uh, people are trying to keep this game alive. And outside of Australia, India, and England, which are the three cricketing powerhouses, every other country is struggling to get people into the stadiums. So what we saw is a slow transgression from Test Scratch Cricket, which is the original form of cricket, which is at five days that only the true fans watch. Everyone else gets bored out of their minds. Went to 50 over games. They went to 20 over games. And now we had an even shorter format, the 100, over, the 100 ball okay. game. And the idea is that every over is only five balls, Chad. They change ends every two overs. So the whole game is finished in about two and a bit hours, I think. So it's very, very short compared to some of the other cricket games was what they're aiming for. They, they, this kind of pilot program is happening in England, I believe, and I think they've got eight teams competing, uh, eight men's teams and eight women's teams. And the men okay. and women are competing in parallel. So you can watch both men's and women's cricket in, in, in the same sort of time period, which is very exciting. And it's kind of not hasn't been done much before, which is a bit of a shame because women's cricket is growing a lot. Yeah. I think people don't, don't realize how much women's cricket is growing, and so it's really cool to see it get this sort of, this sort of uh, environment. So they've got some of the biggest players in the world they've kind of used them use some money to get some, some good players in so i'm excited to see some of the games that are going to happen over the next couple couple weeks um and what's also cool chad is a lot of the games are going to be streamed live on the sky youtube channel Amazing. so for anyone around the world regardless of like what your television situation is you should be able to stream some of the games live which makes a lot of sense and i think that's where sport is going to go in the future is that more and more of it's going to be streamed on the internet yeah. for any, anyone who wants to consume it so i'm excited to see it chad i don't know anything more than that but hopefully that's a little <laughs> bit of a teaser a little bit of a tidbit for you to go and check it out um i'm excited to see what's going to happen I'm, I'm still a purist. I still think test cricket is the way to go, but I understand that most people don't. And so this, and if, if this brings more people into cricket, I don't mind, Chad. The more people who play cricket, the better. 
Awesome. Well, I'm I'm really glad to brought you to to some new uh, pieces of cricket. Uh, I never thought I'd ever say the see the day where I could say that um, that I brought up onto your news feed uh, a new tournament that was happening that was going to revolutionise the sport. You never know, Barry. Um, it might be as big <laughs> as T20 was. Uh, I mean, hopefully that is the case because uh, that'll that'll be that'll be great. Like you say, for uh, for female cricket uh, and and just to kind of extend the audiences as well. Why not? Uh, on the sporting front, uh, we've got a bit of a match going on as well uh, between billionaires, and we, we kind of spoke a bit about this last week, uh, where where Richard Branson went up into the the boundaries of space uh, in his uh, Virgin Galactic plane, um, and this week we've seen some opposition coming through, Barry. Uh, so the question is: Is this a a leveler um, to to Branson's number one zero? Or, uh, or you know, is there something else at play here? <laughs> yeah, Chad, it's a big discussion about whether is is this ego, is this uh, just billionaires fighting against each other, or are there other reasons for the space race? And of course, this is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Bezos, who was the richest man on Earth and clearly wanted to be the richest man in space as well. So he had to go up top and claim that prize as well. Um, and the, the old ex founder of Amazon. Uh, with his new kind of, or not new company, as he's been running this company for a while, but his, his kind of focus now is Blue Origin. And uh, we're watching now on YouTube the kind of the, the spacecraft taking off, and he went to the same space that um, Richard Branson did, so just on the edge of space. It was only a 10-minute flight, okay. straight up, a couple, couple orbits and straight back down again. Um, and when he got down, Chad, he was absolutely like fascinating and he was he was screaming he was he was, he wow. was so excited it clearly had a very very big emotional impact on him um and yeah a really really cool moment for him to go and experience <laughs> geogravity and to to show what blue origin is all about and for the first time chad out of almost nowhere we've got three or four different commercial space companies now taking people to space which is very exciting um and so yeah whether whether he's upset that that branson beats him there by a week i don't know i'm sure he is a little bit there must be some <laughs> of that in the back of his mind um but jeff bezos went to space and came back alive in one piece incredible absolutely incredible um yeah just to watch those scenes uh 10 minute flight that's that's insanely short surely you'd stick around for a little bit longer barry uh but there must have been some <laughs> kind of you know safety concerns i mean i see obviously you know having watched the clip and and comparing it to uh, branson's trip uh this was on a rocket rather than a plane um you know the rocket doesn't look uh, you know, if you if you if you look at it from a from a certain angle, it it doesn't look like the the best kind of thing uh, to to look at. Um, but uh, but yeah, very very interesting that 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 the rocket technology was instead used. Um, in terms of that and the technicality of that, you know, how did the, how did the landing happen uh, with the rocket? Obviously, different methods used uh, between these two technologies. Yeah, Chad, I'm not I'm not 100% uh, up to date with the technical details, but as far as I understand, Jeff Bezos' one is much more like traditional rockets. So the idea right. is you you put a, put a little capsule on the top of a rocket, use the rocket to get you into space, and then you jettison the rocket and you bring the capsule back down to Earth. So you come down on a much smaller vehicle than you did in the right. in the rocket itself. What what Richard Branson did was they've got a plane that takes the takes the rocket up 
most of the way and then they shoot the rocket off the plane in a way so it's right. a little bit different in a sense like there was more rocket fuel needed on jeff bezos's than in richard branson's because they already they they launching from a much higher altitude um and i'm not quite sure what the difference is when it comes to landing i think they're both pretty similar in that sense um and it's quite cool to see two different approaches and both of them work and both of them proving themselves to be mm. to be exactly what they need to right the reason it's such a short flight is because they didn't have a huge rocket. It, they, they, they don't yeah. even have to fuel to kind of keep going forever. Um, and so it's kind of a t- pilot project to kind of show that these companies mean business. And the fact that these CEOs are going up in those in these planes is a, is a big kind of social trust thing to kind of trying to say to your eventual customers, listen, like we went up and we survived, you'll be just fine. And Chad, yeah. it's quite cool. What he also wanted to do was break some records, clearly. So he wanted to break the record for the oldest person in space and the youngest person in space. And so he took them both awesome. with in his rocket. So not only did Jeff Bezos go, he also went with his brother, I believe, as well as an 82-year-old who became the oldest person ever to go to space and wow. an 18-year-old who became the youngest person ever to go to space. So quite a cool photo, Chad. And if you're on YouTube, you're watching it right now. That's something to frame, I think, Chad, if you're that 18-year-old. Absolutely. Just imagine, imagine breaking that kind of record. Um, so cool to see. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, even the even the 82 year old um, to be able to go up I mean, she looks incredibly healthy. Um, but but what, what a great kind of record to break. Uh, and, and for me, it, it's just crazy that we're still breaking, breaking these space records, um, you know, as kind of trivial as they may be. Um, I, I still think, you know, it, it, it completely changed the game of having to be a, an astronaut who's had to done millions of te- do millions of tests and have, uh, you know, all, all of this kind of training, I, I suppose. Um, it's possible that these two individuals did too, uh, but it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Do you know offhand? I, I'm not sure, Chad. To be honest, I think I think I, like I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I might have to do some more research and look back into this. But I, I'm sure that we're going to see more of these sorts of flights going forward. And, and everything is just trying to push these boundaries. You yeah. said these records, Chad. We we're in the early stages of this. I know it feels like we've been going to space for a while, but it actually is only a couple of years that the Elon's actually like pushed this forward and made this possible. And now all of a sudden we've got all these companies trying trying to do the same thing. So the more companies you have in the space, the more flights we see, the more information we're going to get. And hopefully we start to build ourselves a proper space tourism industry. Because one of the things that I've been a bit frustrated with in the media is talking about how these billionaires should spend all these billions of, of, of dollars on something else more productive than going to space, yeah. right? And there's this idea that they're throwing their money away. I saw someone someone uh, tweeting saying that Richard Branson could have like saved a bunch of poor people and stuff. And it's it's so short-sighted to me because people what people don't realize is how much technology comes out of this space exploration. Yeah. So much of the technology that we use today, everything with our cell phones and the satellites we use and everything relies on space exploration, space technology. And so you can see it as two billionaires going at it against each other and like just throwing their money away because these things are still quite expensive. Or you can see it as opening up a new industry that's going to create new technology that we can't even imagine yet. And that's going to have huge impact for the rest of society. So it's a a much bigger story than just a Bezos versus Branson versus Musk discussion, right? It's about opening up this industry and opening up space flights to everybody so that we can actually make the most of it and see if we can find some new interesting things that come out of it in terms of innovation. I love how we how we we starting new tourism, space tourism, when the the tourism that we have on our own our own planet isn't even currently, uh, you know, fully functional. Um, and uh, you know, anyway, I, I completely agree with you. I, I've seen a lot of calls as well about you know the the kind of opportunity cost of of uh, them going up and and they kind of 
10 minutes in in the the boundaries of space uh but but you but you're so right i mean they're actually doing humanity a favor in some ways um because you know it's governments could be spending all of this um and and it's just these individuals who are, who are kind of taking it upon themselves to to fund all this research um and sure you know there are profit goals there and and when they do commercialize this they will certainly be there to benefit um but but you know certainly i, I think the rest of humanity are, are going to benefit as well in in some sort of way uh in the future too so exciting to watch uh, we'll certainly watch the space uh but for now let's move on to our next segment stuff i found interesting So, Chad, I have a bit of confession to make. I have become addicted to a computer game. Ooh. And I did not expect this. And it's not the kind of game that most people play. So, I think I'm going to come off looking like a bit of a nerd after I discuss this, Chad. But, but that's what we're here for. We're here to be open and honest here and across the Indeed. pond. Yep. And the game is something called Football Manager 2021. And it's exactly what it sounds like, Chad. You take control of a football slash soccer team of your choice. And you try and take them to glory in whatever whatever kind of format format you, you want, right? So it's very different to FIFA, where you're actually playing the game and you're controlling yep. the players and you're making the passes and whatnot. This thing, you are setting up the team, you are choosing the tactics, you are buying and selling players, and then when they get on the field, Chad, you have no control. Other than shouting some encouragement from the sidelines, <laughs> you have to watch and see what happens, and then you live and okay. die based on what's going on there. And the reason I wanted to bring it up was because, like, it's fun just because it's cool to be a manager and control all the various aspects of it. But what amazes me is the amount of detail that these guys have built into this game. This game is designed to be as as, be, as good a simulation of reality as possible, right? So what these guys have done, Chad, have gone to hundreds of leagues around the world, like mm -hmm. crazy leagues that the Polish third division, the Colombian fourth division, like crazy, crazy levels of detail got every single player from every single team, put attributes and personalities and rated all of these players and like created this insane database of hundreds of thousands of players into this AI-driven system that then kind of puts the, these players against each other and, 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 and plots the way that these teams are supposed to play against one another. The detail is just insane, Chad. And I don't understand how it's possible. I don't understand why it works, but it is addictive because it is one of those games where if you like stats and data and kind of tweaking things and manipulating your team and whatnot, it, there are a thousand different things you can do. There are press conferences, Chad. You have fights <laughs> with staff members. The, the oh. amount of detail and relevance, COVID's in the game. So if you start during COVID, <laughs> your, your finances are way down and you don't get the gate receipt you should. It's it's oh. unbelievable. And I don't know, I don't say it, Chad, but I'm amazed by the level of detail that people can put into a game like this. Insane. Um, I mean, that sounds really cool. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're joining the gaming crew, Barry. Um, I've, I've, I think I've heard of this game before in, in the kind of previous versions and iterations and it's never, it's never been one that's uh, appealed to me because, you know, in terms of the stats and that kind of thing, um, you know, I, I don't feel like playing a game is, uh, you know, typically a game is, is, is being able to control someone else. Uh, so, you know, feeling like you're someone else or, or in another world or in another kind of reality, I guess. Uh, and in some ways, I suppose you are here because you are the coach. Um, but it's it's a lot more detailed uh, than simply learning how best, uh, you know, to 
pull off a, a particular strategy on the on the field like you say in in, in fifa or, or whatever the case is um and and i'm, I'm sure it, it kind of feels like one of those intellectual games in some way because you you know you're kind of trying to solve a, a puzzle in a way as well you're kind of trying to figure out well which which players gel well together um you know which I guess what, what what you know what combinations and uh, the press conference, all that kind of stuff. It all it all sounds uh, really quite realistic. So uh, it sounds fascinating. Um, I, I certainly need to give it a try. Do you know if it's only a computer game or if it's on other platforms too? I'm not sure, but I would imagine it's just a computer game because you really don't need a console for this. It really is basically clicking around on different buttons. And okay. while they have a game engine, it's it's not as realistic as FIFA or anything. So I, I would imagine it's just a computer game. I got mine through Steam, and so I think you can grab it on there. Um, but it's like you say, it's a very niche game. It's not for everybody. A lot of people are going to be put off by the amount of detail and the amount of kind of analysis that needs to be done. Why I enjoy it is it's a very strategic, it's all strategy. Everything is strategy. You're trying mm -hmm. to manage your finances, plus your staff, plus your, your, your players, plus your transfers in and out, and a thousand different things. And like you say, you're problem solving in these multiple areas. And when injuries come, you have to deal with it. When your player wants to leave, you have to deal with it. And there's all these interesting sorts of dynamics that are built into the game. And, it, okay. and it's really rewarding, Chad. What I've done is I've started in a team right at the bottom of English's like, like social division, and I'm slowly moving, moving up with the goal of eventually trying to take them to the Premier League and to the Champions League one day. Awesome. And so it's almost like a rags to riches kind of journeyman story. And, and it, it, it is about the story, even though there's lots of data and lots of analytics. It's about, I feel emotionally attached to some of my players, Chad. Some of my guys <laughs> that I've had for three or four years now, even though they're just little icons on a screen, I'm, I'm kind of attached to them because i've been talking to them i've been praising them when they've had a good session i've kind of been you know doing all these things um and so yeah i know i'm sounding like a bit of a nerd but i think for anyone who likes that sort of strategy game and if you're really into you have to be you have to be into football right if you don't enjoy football this is not going to be a win for you but if you're really into football and and you want something that's quite challenging and quite intellectual and that you don't have as much control of as fifa like fifa once you get to a certain level you can be really good at fifa and you can win every game quite easily right football manager is very different there are days where you can have the best team in the world and they don't show up and that's kind of how how life works um and what i'm fascinated by is i want to do some more research as how the hell they made this thing because the, the complexity yeah. and the fact that they've got every league, they've got you can play as Mamelodi Sundowns if you want, Chad. And you can play the, for them for the whole career with all the detail, all the players up to date. It's it's unbelievable the amount hmm. of detail in this game. It's insane. Incredible. That that sounds really cool. I, I mean, I wanted to ask actually when you initially mentioned it and when, when you kind of do all the prep work and then you sit back and watch the game. Um, I mean, are you are you actually sitting for for ninety minutes and watching a game? Uh, you know, how, how does how does it work? How does that work? Is it a short preview of like a highlight summary of everything that happens? Because uh, obviously, you know, in real life, uh, players and managers watch back their games uh, a number of times uh, to you know to to kind of pick out insights of how the, the opposition played and uh, where they let themselves down, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, as a as a responsible manager, Barry. You can't miss any details now, can you? <laughs> 
Chad, if I had to watch 90 minutes every time they play a game, I, it would take me forever, dude. And I would lose even more time than I should be working when I'm procrastinating. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you can you can choose the amount of detail you want to watch. So I'll just put on the highlights. And so anything, something interesting happens, then I'll watch that. So if there's a, a shot at goal, if there's a good tackle, if there's a, 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 an important moment in the game, it'll show me that. And that's normally enough to get a sense as to, is your formation working? Is, should you be marking differently? Should you be bringing a different player on? It gives you a decent sense as to what's going on. And what's quite cool is that the animation isn't just random chat. It's actually like determines based on the attributes of your players. So the faster okay. players are going to get round the slower players and the taller players are going to win more headers than the shorter players and all these sorts of things. So I don't know how they've managed to do it, but it really is amazing what how they've managed to manifest this whole universe in this kind of virtual world. So no, they're not 90 minute games, Chad. They're probably about five to 10 minutes if once you're watching just the highlights. Um, but okay. that allows you to get through a couple of seasons relatively quickly because w- what you don't want to do is you don't want to spend f- six months getting through a season, chat because you'll drive yourself insane. No, naturally, naturally. Uh, I just wanted to to ask because that does sound fascinating having to kind of watch uh, watch the games uh, in, in some sort of way, which is which is cool. I, I guess you, you kind of get to see the players when they when they start to perform. Anyway, we spent long enough, I think, talking about uh, teams uh, and Barry as as a professional football manager. Um, I think let's go in, into uh, into a bit more of the real world, but uh, you know, keep looking ahead. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. Looking ahead. Alrighty, uh, looking ahead. Uh, not too long ago, we spoke about Netflix, and uh, you know, Barry had this wonderful idea of adding kind of educational type content uh, to their offering. Uh, And obviously that hasn't happened, but uh, naturally, as I guess a lot of people expected, uh, as the pandemic has kind of started to slow down a bit and and countries are coming out of lockdowns and people are spending less time at home, um, you know, the, the kind of insane levels of growth that Netflix has seen in their subscriber base over the last, you know, year, uh, has started slowing pretty dramatically, actually. Um, you know, there is still a massive you know, number of, of people who are subscribers, uh, but, but they are actually, you know, the growth is slowing, but they're also seeing loss in subscribers as well, um, which is, you know, certainly an interesting kind of talking point, I guess. Uh, but obviously, you know, as the platform has also been kind of competing against uh, more and more competitors, uh, we've got you know Disney Plus has picked up quite a bit in in, in the last uh, in the last year. Uh, obviously, we've, we've we've seen the likes of kind of Amazon Prime and uh, you know many others, many others, too many to mention. Um, Apple TV, obviously, with their own kind of original content, and and you know Netflix has tried. I, I suppose they, they've tried with quite a lot of original content of their own. Um, you know, but but naturally, there's going to be those moments where you you're kind of waiting for the next series to be released, and uh, and uh, you know these days we want everything and we want it now, Barry. We we don't want to wait for anything, and so when you run out of uh, compelling entertainment, sometimes uh, people will kind of pause their subscriptions, move on to something else, and then and then wait for it to come back. So Netflix have have decided they want to start kind of innovating a little bit, um, and they are going to be offering mobile games to subscribers which i thought was fascinating um obviously all of these games are going to be based on their titles so for example you're going to have a stranger things 
Netflix game that you can play on your mobile. Um, and uh, this is obviously going to be kind of a multi-year effort. It's, it's not going to happen straight away. Um, but but I think it's fascinating that, you know, they, they're kind of looking to gaming. Obviously, a lot of development in the space. I and mean, we, we just spoke about Barry being pulled into gaming when it, it was something that, you know, previously hasn't really ever, uh, you know, pulled your interest. Um, and so Netflix, obviously, if, you know, realizing that uh, people want to maybe be a bit more interactive as well and not just always kind of sit and binge uh, through their way through through various series and are, are looking to mobile gaming. What, what are your thoughts off the bat? Yeah, I think it's interesting because it, it shows that they're acknowledging that they're not just competing against the, the other streaming platforms. It, they, they're competing against any app that controls users' attention, right? That's yeah. all it is. All entertainment is trying to do is control attention. And gaming is a huge vertical. It's absolutely ginormous across the world. And so if you're going to compete in the entertainment space, Gaming is one of those things you kind of have to be a part of because of the the scale and, and the, the amount of immersion that is possible. And what Netflix have at their fingertips, like like you say, Chad, is the branding to be able to leverage the titles they have on, on, on their platform and really create niche experiences for those big communities. If you got really into a Netflix series and you invested hours and hours and hours into it and you got involved with the characters and you kind of got caught up in the story, it makes a lot of sense that you might be interested in playing a game which continues that sort of that sort of sure. branding, continues that sort of story. And so I can see lots of interesting developments there where you might see a, a series and a game being developed in parallel to kind of tie into one another and, and, and make that, that, that experience even more immersive and even more kind of... Yep deep for the people watching um, and so yeah like you say it's going to take a couple of years to see what what happens and see what these games look like of course gaming is an entirely different thing to streaming and so they're going to have to figure out exactly how to do it in a, in a, in a way that doesn't clutter the app or doesn't clutter the experience what you don't want is you don't want to kind of cannibalize your own your own viewing of, of the other stuff you're making right you're hoping yeah. to increase your viewing time and it reminds us all that all these apps are trying to do is keep you in the app as long as possible Chad that's always the goal Absolutely, and we, we're not surprised by that. We've kind of learned that by now. Um, but 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 you're so right. This is this is totally about uh, controlling our attention. Um, but for me, it, it seems like a kind of a you know a no-brainer uh, this move because uh, you've already got all of these uh, story writers putting together these awesome scripts for for their original content. Why not kind of re you know, repurpose it somewhat, um, but also allow fans to get closer to the level of detail to to the stories. Um, you know, play the characters and and feel more like uh, you know they they ha they have uh, you know something in common with with these with these characters. And I can only think of it uh, as being a positive if there is uptake. Uh, I mean, that said, you know, a lot of people I know only use Netflix on their TVs uh, or, or, you know, on kind of other streaming devices um, where the mobile phone is not one of them. Um, so, you know, whether it's it's going to be kind of a gimmick or actually uh, picked up, uh, I'm, I'm keen to see. Would you play any of these games, do you think, uh, if one of your favorite original Netflix series were, were to introduce a game? I don't know, Chad. It depends on the game, I think. I think all of this will depend on like how good the game is and how compelling it is. I, I'm not typically a gamer, so it's a difficult question to ask me because I don't play many games myself and I'm not, I'm not a big mobile gamer in any way. Um, but I would imagine that if there was something that really was compelling and, and I, I kind of got caught up in it, you could, you could, you could find yourself playing that over a like, lengthy period of time. And so, yeah, whether this is going to be on the app itself, whether it's going to be on the TV using some sort of, I don't know, using your phone as a remote, or I don't know what, um, we'll have to wait and see. 
but I, I like your point that these storytellers are going to just shift the format that they're writing for, Chad. Yeah. Like if, if you imagine, if you look at some of the some of the storytelling games out there at the moment, they switch between gameplay and these like cinematic three three D recreations yeah. of some sort of scene, yeah. right? So you could totally imagine in the middle of a series, Chad, doing the same thing but have this Netflix quality kind of live action, and then you controlling a player for a little bit, and then it gets to a certain part of a level, and then it shows you a, a five minute clip of netflix quality kind of series and yeah. that's quite exciting to me that that could be a quite cool use case and maybe even chad where it's interactive in a sense like a choose your own adventure type thing like you can imagine a, a series being built that depending on how you play the game and which way you go and what you do it shows you different aspects of that universe and it shows you different clips based on what you've done in the game making it even more immersive than just watching it from a 2d perspective and so i'm hoping that that's the sort of creativity we see because that mm. will make it really interesting and really compelling if they can get that right absolutely just imagine the number of people i mean i, I don't it wasn't a netflix original but just um, uh, you know just imagine you had uh, something like the likes of game of thrones and the, the the number of people who would go through all of the various permutations um because you know some of these some of these uh, series you know you get these me you get mega fans um and and some of these stories are so great um to, to be able to kind of relate even closer I'm I'm definitely sure that that a lot of people would. Um, so yeah, that's something very exciting to watch up for for Netflix in the future as well. Uh, but we're now going to move on to develop and grow. Develop and grow. Chad, we are well into week three of our level four lockdown here in South Africa. And yeah. I, I, I've had a tough week, I'll be honest. I, in the first couple of days of this week, I haven't really felt like myself. I've felt like a caged lion in some cases. I've had serious cabin fever. Um, and it's been really tough to, to stay productive and stay kind of optimistic and happy in these moments. I found myself getting dragged down a bit just because I felt so so stuck in this one place and sitting in the same chair, not being able to move, not being able to see friends, not being able to kind of get out and about. And I think that it's it's a reminder to me of how important some of the routines and some of the small things in my life are to kind of keep me sane and keep me going. I don't know about you, Chad, but when I have this kind of cabin fee that I had this last couple of days, everything else falls off the off the rails. My exercise Definitely. kind of falls away. My eating gets much worse. My social engagement, I'm not messaging friends anymore. I'm not phoning people anymore. I'm not kind of getting that social, that social buzz. And that kind of snowballs your mood down and down and down, and you kind of get into this spiral that's difficult to get out of and so i just wanted to bring it up and kind of raise it for discussion chat to hear if you had any cool ideas or any experiences because you've been through a lot of lockdown in the last couple of months um, probably more than we have is this side um, and i think that cabin fever is something that everyone is struggling with right now especially if you if you're in a country that still has some form of lockdown and the psychological the psychological effects are serious they really really mm -hmm. are tough um, so Chad, do you have any good advice for us? Any lessons or, or experiences from your side that maybe you you used when you were in those moments? Yeah, so just because I've spent uh, a long period of time in lockdown does not mean I'm immune to lockdown, Barry. And you, you're so right. It is, uh, you know, the the, the third one uh, affected me really quite profoundly, and it doesn't help as well when you when you you sort of picking up weights as well, and you, like you say, everything just just falls off the you know falls by the wayside, and and you kind of just just trying to survive at the end of the day and it's uh it, it's really quite tough um in terms in terms of tips and tricks you know it's going to be everything that 
that you know of already. Um, you posted a wonderful 10-kilometer run, uh, which I'm very proud <laughs> of, Barry. Um, so, you know, I would definitely say, if you can, more of that um, naturally because, you know, we keep talking about how exercise uh, keeps boosting the mood. Um, and, and, you know, if you can see things from a positive angle and you can kind of see uh, that cool we've got one or two more weeks left and and you know we, we can hopefully then move on to an easier uh, set of circumstances uh, I think it does it does make it a little bit easier when you have something to look forward to at the end um, I think also you know just just all of that kind of virtual stuff so we by now are, are sick and tired of of uh, doing everything virtually but there is a lot to be said for for some social um, interactions virtual and and less kind of texting on whatsapp uh it is sometimes exhausting and draining to try and keep track of of 10 different conversations all happening at, at different times um on on whatsapp and so like you have done in, in normal times anyway barry it's 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 a matter of rather scheduling those calls and having that kind of quality uh you know interpersonal communication and obviously nothing nothing beats the real thing um, but but you know some some form of kind of video communication does does definitely go a long way, um, and you know the other thing, and I, I kind of made a bit of, made a video of this uh, during Christmas time last year is is just to remember that you're not alone. Um, I think it's it's so easy to feel and, and to kind of resent the fact that you are alone, uh, and it might feel like that as well when you, when you're looking at your friends like like I say in, who's in the UK or, or other parts of the world and who are able to do different things. Uh, it's exactly how I felt when I was in a very long lockdown, and you guys <laughs> were doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things that I could, wish I could be doing. Um, but but ultimately, there are you know another. Uh, how many sort of 60 million South Africans or whatever the case is of who are also sitting in uh, in a lockdown situation and and ultimately are also trying to just do their part and, and and try to come out of it uh, in in one piece on the other side and so if you kind of uh, are able to you know just just be in solidarity of everyone else who's going through it at the same time you kind of feel less special in a way um, and that's kind of the goal um, it's kind of trying to I, I you know I know you know your thoughts and your feelings and everything are, are incredibly important um, but at the same time I think you know in these lockdown situations you have to also look at the fact that you're not alone and and everyone else is feeling the exact same way um, and so yeah I, I think if you can kind of um, you know frame it in that sort of way it, it'll become a little bit easier uh, not easy but a little bit easier to to get through hopefully soon yeah, thank you. Those are great. Those are great tips, and I think that that it's a nail on the head. Is that we all know all of this stuff, but it's so hard in those moments to convince yourself to get up off your chair and go for that run, right? Or to go outside and get some sun. Like I found yeah. that even though I have a garden here at, my, at the house I'm in, and kind of I've got these spaces to go and use, I haven't been using it. I've been st stuck on that chair, and like haven't been found the energy or the motivation or whatever to to get up and, and get out. And so. Whatever we can do to get those routines right, to get some sun on our skin, to eat some good food, to to exercise, and to to like you say, call your friends and chat to your friends when possible, um, that makes the world a difference. And hopefully, that can help someone else out there who's in the same position as I've been in the last couple of days, which has just been going insane inside these walls and wishing I could go out and do the things that I want to do. Um, so thanks for that, Chad. I appreciate it. The second thing I wanted to chat about is about more creativity. And so let me 
little background. My sister sent me a new artist called Anson Siebra. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but that's his name. <laughs> and he does these really, really intimate um, songs, just the piano, just the piano and him. It's very kind of like ballads. He it does very, very like chilled music. But some of the songwriting I was listening to was so powerful. His lyrics are amazing. And uh, I really have been enjoying his music. I've been playing it over the last couple yeah. couple days. And what, what I was thinking about is when I was listening to his music is that I started listening to the piano itself. And very quickly I realized his piano is super simple, Chad. It's just chords. It's literally just okay. a chord, sing a line, a chord, sing a line, a chord, sing a line. Very, very basic music. And it made me realize, Chad, that I could write that. I could write that sort of music, right? And I've always held myself back because I've always wanted to write music, but I've always felt, oh, my piano is not really good enough. I don't really have the skill. I don't really have the the, the resources to be able to go and write music. And so I, I think it's because I hear Jacob Collier. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what writing music has to be. I have to write like a Jacob song, right? And this is a good reminder to me that, no, that's just an excuse I'm making. And that in creativity, you can start with the simplest, simplest thing. You don't have to be Mozart. You don't have to be a, an insane songwriter to get started. Yep. All it takes is four chords and a couple lines of, of poetry, Chad, and you've got yourself a song. And so I thought I'd bring that up because it, it kind of hit me this week and I, I've kind of been inspired. I want to go and write some super simple music and just kind of get over that fear of and my piano is not good enough or my songwriting is not good enough. It's like, no, that's nonsense. Just just write the song, and then over time you get better, and you can get more complicated if you need to. But yeah. th this guy's music is beautiful. It is emotional. It's compelling, and it's four chords, Jed. There's something so beautiful about simplicity, and uh, you know we all are drawn to that simplicity. But yet, like you say, when we feel like we are, you know we we want to do something ourselves, all of a sudden. Uh, you know, too simple is is, is not good enough. I, I mean, even even when you're doing a presentation or you you're reading something, you want to you want to read fast, sound smart, um, and you know, ultimately, basics basics is is, is all that matters. I mean, it, it reminds me of a conversation we had, Barry. Um, to, you know, where where I think Sean Mendes was asked by someone, uh, "What does it take to to be a songwriter?" And uh, the response was just kind of just just write. Um, and I think I think that's the whole thing. Is I think you and I uh, in a lot of facets of life live in our in our heads quite a lot uh, to the point where we don't actually sit down and, and try uh, and this happens to me so often Barry so often where I kind of I feel like before I can you know start taking photos or, or or do whatever the case is I need to have like a workflow in place and it needs to be like the slickest workflow so you know if I don't know where to store the files oh surely I won't be able to even edit the photo <laughs> like I won't even be able to you know to do that and so it, you're just kind of jumping three or four or five steps ahead, completely unnecessarily, um, and it's it's just it's just a matter of sitting down and, like you say, kind of just doing your thing. And it also reminds me of you know the Beatles, uh, some of their music, which is exceptionally simple, but it's 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 timeless and it's you know you'll never be able to to beat it. Um, and yeah, I mean I guess where where we do have you know a, a musical prodigy that that hits the earth every now and then uh you know we, we've got jacob collier and you, you you'll kind of try and play a guitar song by like Jimi hendrix or something and you and you you know you're like well we've got to kind of match this level um for for that one or two uh prodigies who, who have kind of been there before us there are thousands of exceptionally talented musicians who have have you know created beautiful stuff uh that is very simple 
and and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So yeah, I I, I love that kind of recognition, Barry. Um, yeah, th- thanks for thanks for bringing that through. So have you taken the piano out uh, as on on the back of this, and and have you have you written down one or two lines? I haven't just yet, Chad. I only discovered this guy two days ago. So it's going to be a little weekend project for me. I think I'm going to take some time on the weekend and kind of nice. get to it. I've got I've got a bunch of lyrics. I've, I've been writing for years, like you know. And so I've got notebooks full of stuff and I've got bits and pieces. Mm. And so maybe I'll dig some of those out and see if I can turn one of those into something. Um, and just remind myself that I don't have to compare myself to like musicians who've been doing it for 20 years. It's really unfair of me to look at a polished like pop star musician who's writing like world changing music and be like, okay, cool. If I can't make that, then it's not even worth trying. It's such a silly mindset, but that's what, that's how we think often. It's like, no, I think you have to realize that in order for that person to get there, they wrote a thousand terrible songs before they got to those, those hits. Right. And that's kind of what you have to go through is you have to realize that it's just about the process. It's about, using that inspiration and, and even if you only know two chords you can make a song even if you only know a couple uh, things on, on, the, on the guitar you can make a song um, and yeah. all that's holding you back is yourself no one else is holding you back um, and so yeah hopefully this weekend Chad maybe next week I'll report back on some of the progress and see, see how awesome. it went um, but I'd love to try and spend some time this weekend and just kind of prove to myself that I can do it. That's almost the thing. It's like break through that barrier and prove to myself that I can write something and I can write something that sounds okay and, and then build on that foundation. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that, Barry. Hopefully uh, we'll hear some of that soon. I'm also looking forward to hearing your vocals for the Sean Mendes track that I sent you uh, <laughs> more than six months ago. How, how long ago was that? <laughs> Oh, Chad, I knew I knew you were going to throw me under the bus on that one. I do apologize. It is it is um, on my to do list, but it's very stale and very old, like you say. So I better get on that because I know the cross the pond listeners are waiting with bated breath. So let me get on that Indeed. as well, Chad. I promise I'll get it to you soon. I promise. <laughs> Not at all. Just teasing. Uh, whenever you know you got you got to be in the mood to do these kind of things. Uh, so you know, you pick up the shiny project rather, Barry. You know, do that, and when. <laughs> <laughs> when when the time feels right, it's all good. Um, but you know, when you are songwriting, I, I I've been googling it. I think it's right. Um, but the circle of fifths is a, a great tool um, to to pick kind of chords that work together. Um, so you know, certainly give it give it a good Google search if if you don't know where to start. Um, it's it's a good place. It's a good place to start. Um, Barry, I think that's us for today. To be honest. It was a good episode. Thanks, Chad. I really enjoyed it. And even with all the technical difficulties at the beginning, I think we still had a lot to chat about and I really enjoyed the conversation. If you're listening to yeah. us right now, or you're watching us right now, thank you so much again for tuning in. We really do appreciate you. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of the week, Chad. It's, it's always good to catch up, buddy. Absolutely. Completely agree. Well, as always, we will see you again next week. Do make sure you subscribe to all of our social media channels. Um, If ever you want to watch this, if you're listening to this right now, there's always a link in every single episode. Click down below uh, to kind of switch to video. And of course, we we haven't had enough what's on your mind uh, in the last like six months. So, just fire us a little voice note, please. There's another link in all of our episodes when you're watching this or listen to, listening to this. Um, just fire us a voice note of whatever you're thinking. It doesn't necessarily have to be a question. Whatever is on your mind, we want to hear from you. Um, so that's a great place to do that. 
Anyway, enough talking. We'll see you again next week. Pond, pond, pond across the pond.